Well, if you would, I've got, I've got a, before I start, I want to just kind of, um, I want to share a scripture that we're not going to be in, but I want to give it some context for where we're going. Um, so I wanted to share this scripture with you first, and then from there we can kind of move into the text. So if you want to turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 11 is where we're going to dive in to God's word this morning. But I wanted to read a scripture this morning to kind of, to give it some context to understand that that sometimes we are in a week or a struggle or a situation and it seems like it's forever. Can I get an amen? It's like, are you serious? This thing is going so slow or some of those amazing things, they go so fast. And you're like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> like, can we do that again? That was really fun. And, and this, this scripture, I believe that, that if you don't understand this scripture, you can become very discouraged very quickly as a believer. And... Um, because how many of you know that we do have a real enemy, and uh, that that enemy is always fighting against us? And whether it's you know we've we've discovered something new in Jesus, and and all of those different things, and there's this exciting time for our lives, or whatever it may be, this this is kind of it's so important to understand this. And so in Ecclesiastes three, many of you guys have heard this passage. You've you've probably said it and didn't even realize it was in the Bible. And uh, it says this in verse 1. It says, for everything, there is a season. Come on, look at somebody this morning and say, for everything, there is a season. And see, if you don't understand that God functions and works in seasons, then you begin to, you begin to, you begin to blame God for something that he's trying to help produce in you. Right? And so he says this, for everything, there is a season. Everything. For everything, for wherever you're at in your world today, in your life today, wherever you're at in your world, there's a season. The season that you're in, if it's bad, I want you to know that there is good news. It's not going to be bad forever. That if you're in the middle of a valley, I want you to know that on the other side of a valley is a mountain. And you may have to traverse to the mountain, but I want you to know there's a mountaintop and you're going to get there. It's a season. And I have learned more in my life in those valleys than I ever did on mountaintops. And so many times we're so quick to move out of a season that God is trying to produce some character and some integrity and some personal traits in us and some emotional healthiness in us that we try to bail out of this valley when God is saying, I'm trying to refine and define who you really are. Come on. And and then it goes on and says this, a time for every activity under heaven. And then it says this, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. What is he saying there? He said, there's a time that there is this excitingness. Whenever Jaylee was born and we, and the doctor put her in my hands, that was one of the most exciting times of my entire life. It was me receiving Jesus Christ, me marrying my amazing bride and then having a baby. Those are the top three. And, and so what happens is that is I was, I was holding this baby and that was a season. And then it goes on and it says, there's a time to die where we all try to avoid, right? That's the time of mourning. And so what Jesus is letting us know in this is that in life, if you don't understand these two things, you are going to miss the point of life. Because right when you put it on a tombstone, they don't put, they don't put life in the middle. They put a dash. They say, born this and this, and there's a dash. And how many of you know that really life is that dash? 
It's not the beginning and the end, but at the end of the day, that's ultimately what matters the most is whether you, how you live and how you die. And then he goes on and it says a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. And I, I wanted to do that because I want you to understand that this whole season that you may be in right now is a season. This thing that you were like, this is difficult. This is hard. I want to, God, are you even there? It's a season. It's a time. And there is an expiration date on it. See, I think a lot of times in our lives, we think that this, this is, there's no expiration date. But there is an expiration date on everything that Jesus is doing in your life. Good and bad. So, let's uh, open up with prayer this morning. I just wanted to, I wanted you to kind of have an understanding of where we're going, that, that at the end of the day, there is nothing that is forever. So, Lord, we thank you this morning for your word, Jesus. We thank you, God, for, Lord, the season that you have us in. God, let us grow in this season. Let us embrace the season that we're in, God, so that we can learn and, and grab a hold of everything that you have for us in the season, Lord. God, we thank you for every life in this, in, in this room this morning. We thank you for the destiny and the purpose that lies on the inside of them. Your word says that you formed them in their mother's womb. God, that you knit them together with purpose. And so, Lord, I thank you this morning, God, that they would realize that they are here on purpose. God, that you have a destiny for them to live out, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, this morning that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up, God, that you would be made more famous today than you were yesterday. If you believe that this morning, come on and say amen to that. Amen. Living our lives to make Jesus famous is what it's all about. And uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, there is a time for everything, but everything has an expiration date. That's good news. That's good news. When you're in the middle of a bad season, that's really good news. You know, it's like, it's like whenever you've got something in the fridge and it's really good, right? You got these like, whatever it is. And it's like, whatever you want to call it at cookies or cereal or whatever. And it's like, it's got the expiration date. What? Oh, Coke, whatever. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, they distract me. That's not cool. And so there's these expiration dates for all these good things, right? When broccoli goes bad, it's like, oh, I got to throw that in the, uh, Got to throw that in the trash. Sorry. It's like there's certain things we want to expire and certain things we don't, right? Well, the, th- the fact of the matter is there's an expiration date on everything. It's just how life is. And uh, so what we want to do is, is kind of have some, some understanding with that. If you would, go to Samuel chapter, t- the second uh, book of Samuel in, in verse 11. And this is where we're going to kind of hang our hat today. And I want to break this text down a little bit for you and, and give you some, some context. And hopefully you will be inspired um, and encouraged and equipped to, to do whatever God's called you to do in your season. And this is King David. Many of us who've looked up to him, we've seen him in his writings and Psalms and all the amazing things that he's done. And he had, leading up to this, he had just conquered a, a, a really large um, country. And he had come back, and they usually fought uh, in this. They usually fought, you know, from summer to fall, and they quit over the winter and the spring. They quit fighting because of the weather, and they would kick back up in late spring and then go through the summer again, and they would fight again. And so they were just done this war, and they were taking time off. And, uh, and this is where we find ourselves. And it says, in the spring of the year when kings normally go out to war, it says, David sent Joab and the Israelite army 
to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Late one afternoon after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was and was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed her purification. Then she returned home later. When Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, I am pregnant. And so what we see here is we see David who is this king, and it was normal for kings to go to war. It was normal for a king that when he sent his military out, he went with them. And we see here that David was, was in this place of, I have been in rest, I've been relaxing, I've been enjoying my time off, I'm enjoying this season of my life. And I'm enjoying the, 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 the spoils of what we've been doing, and I'm enjoying what I'm getting to do right now. And I think that that is a temptation for all of us, that we are in this, sometimes we're in this season of rest and relaxation and rejuvenation and, and just kind of relaxing. And, and, and it's just like, that was nice. And then we know that there's this, there's this sense and this draw that God is stirring our hearts to begin to do something more significant, that God's calling us to something. And this is where David is in his life. He's in this situation where he knows that there's a season that he was supposed to be in, which was that's when kings are supposed to rest. And then there's this new season where this is when kings are supposed to go to war. And for all of us, I think what we have to do is recognize in our own lives, what season are you in? Are you in a season of rest? Are you in a season of war? And if you misinterpret those seasons, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is the power of misinterpreting the season that you're in. That what you miss out on and what you could rob yourself from simply because you missed that season. Now, I believe if we were to put it in the nutshell that God's grace can help us walk through a season that we may have missed. If we were to just really, you know look at it on the big scale that, you know, we can miss things that that's okay, that God's grace can come in, but God doesn't want you to miss something. God wants you to be in the right season. And so as I begin to look at this and I begin to look at David's life and it says that late one afternoon after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof because he refused to go to war with his, with his military army. And and what happened was, is that it says that he's, he looked out over the city. He noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Now, what we have to look at is, is why was he able to see what he saw was because he was out of a season that he should have never been in, right? He was in a season. He refused to embark on a season that he was called to because of comfort. And so what is this point that I want to bring is this, is that you become vulnerable to your own will when you resist to follow his, that God has a will for your life this morning. And when you resist that will, you fall prey to your own will. Can I get an amen? Does anybody in this house have a will? Does anybody have this thing that constantly wants to drive them and lead their lives? And then, you know, you're wrestling with your will and God's will. And see, this is what happens is that you begin to wrestle and you begin to, you begin to, to fight against God's will when you allow your will to come alive. 
And so this is David. David's like, man, that season was really good. I think I want to go ahead and stay here. Y'all go do your thing and go fight your war. I'm going to stay here. And I wonder how many of us have, have sent other people to try to fight our battles. Right? We've sent people, we've sent things out, we've sent other people out to fight our battles. We've called, we've called so and so and said, hey, can you pray for me? Can you do this? Can you do that? And look, we're all family in here, but at the end of the day, we all have our own responsibilities. And so, at the end of the day, no one can take your place for the season you're called to. Your season is your season. Right? Your season is whatever God's calling you to, it's your season. And David tried to put off his season onto somebody else and still get the benefits of it. And see, a lot of us, we're not seeing the benefits of what God has for our lives because we put somebody else in responsibility for it. And so David is in this situation, and he puts his, he puts his season on pause. He says, well, I'm going to go ahead and hang out here for a little bit. I really like my palace. I don't like going out in the out in, into the military terrain and having to sleep on cots and having to pop up tents and getting rained on and getting all these different things. I don't like that discomfort. And sometimes that that the fact of the matter is is it's not about what you like, it's about what God wants to do through you. It's what that that there are some things that God wants to do and he wants to use you to take some 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 territory that you never get to see if you're willing to stay at the palace. There are, what I'm saying is this, is that there are miracles, there are people that God has called you to touch, and if you stay at the palace, you don't get to see what God can do through you. And so you cannot excuse yourself from your purpose. And I know that I've found myself at times saying, ah, I'm going to let somebody else do that. I'm going to excuse myself from my purpose, but who pays the price for that? The people that I'm called to reach. Right? The people that I'm called to love on, the people that I'm called to care for, the people that I'm called to share the gospel to. That I cannot put my season, my purpose in somebody else's hands. And it's so important for us to know that, that see, David, he said, he told Joab and all of his other guys, hey, you guys go ahead and fight this battle. And I think that it's so important for us to say, God, you've got this. And God is saying, no, I want you, I want you to have some faith, and I want you to fight this battle. Like there are times that, that, that God is going to step in and things are going to be so easy, and then there's other going to be times that, that God is requiring your faith to be activated. And you're going to have to use your faith to be activated. Your faith, not your moms, not your sisters, not your wives, not your brothers, not your uncles, your faith. Right? And this is where David was like, I'm, I'm loving this season. And look, at the end of the day, you can't progress in your purpose until you're willing to move. Like, we all want to see our end, right? We all want to see, man, God, what do you have for me? But if you're not moving, if you're not progressing in your purpose, how can you see what God has for you? If you're still sitting in the valley saying, God, I don't want to move, I don't want to move, I don't want to move, you'll never see what's on the mountaintop. If you're on the mountaintop and there's another thing that you see on the other side, and you're like, man, I can't, uh, that looks amazing, right? If you look at somebody's life and you're inspired by them and you wonder how did they get there, they got there because they were willing to progress. They were willing to move when it was difficult. When everybody else was trying to stay stationary, they were moving. And for you and I, is, is, is your faith causing you to move? 
Whenever you saw somebody this week and God put them on your heart, did you move towards them? Did you stay stationary or did you move away from them? Because, see, David's assignment was to move. It says when kings normally go to war, he stayed. When believers who are living in faith normally should be using their faith, right? We should be moving. And so this is the responsibility that God has given you a will. He's given me a will. And every one of us have a will this week. Every one of us have a will the rest of our lives. And we choose whether we're willing to progress and move towards this greater purpose that God has for us or sit still. And remain in the same place. And I'm going to be honest with you. I really love sometimes to stay in the same place. It's predictable. I know what happens. I love it. It's like, oh man, I know what happens in this season. And sometimes it's hard to step out into the unknown because I don't know what the next season has for me. And I'm sure that David, man, we won that war, but it was a close one. I don't know. I'll just stay in my palace and act like we're just, everything's perfect. But when God has called you as a believer to take territory from the enemy, you cannot take territory sitting in your palace. Sitting in your comfortable zone saying, man, I'm so glad that God did this. Right? God is a king, and kings take territory. See, discomfort is a part of almost every season you're ever going to face. Good and bad, there is going to be some discomfort. Getting into the season, that brings a lot of fun. Or getting out of fun, it's going to be discomfort. Right? I think as, as, as believers, like, we do not like to have to deal with discomfort. I mean, look at our shoes. I mean, look at what the industry has done for shoes. We don't have discomfort anymore. We put those Nikes on or those Adidas on or those whatever shoes, and they're comfortable. Like, you don't have discomfort anymore. They've even got gel soles if you got them, if you need it, right? I mean, whatever to keep you comfortable, right? We don't like discomfort. We've got amazing beds nowadays that you can get that cost $15,000, you know, whatever. Awesome sheets that have 15,000 threads. You know, we want to keep you comfortable, Right? And so what happens when, the, when, when God is calling us out of a season, we start facing discomfort. We want to naturally, we want to start going back to where comfort is. Right? Here's the problem, though, is that, that when you try to remove yourself from discomfort, you also avoid the potential because you're unwilling to face some pain. See, at the end of the day, there is going to be some pain in our lives as believers. I know if you've been told that, I'm sorry that that was not true. I'm sorry. That's all through the Bible. That we will face trials and tribulations. We will face struggles. We will face pain. We will face discomfort. But it says, be of good cheer. I'll get you through it. And there is some potential that God wants you to be able to walk into. But sometimes you've got to walk through a little pain to get to it. Sometimes you've got to walk through some problems. Sometimes you've got to walk through some things to get to that potential. Some of you, you know that on the other side, there is something that God has called me to bigger. There's something that God has for me. There's something that I know that I'm just, and maybe you're in this state of settling. Maybe you're in this state of, man, I'm so discomfortable. I don't don't know. I don't really know if that's the direction God has called me to. Because see, right, I know for me, if I'm honest, anytime I feel discomfort, I begin to challenge God. God, is this really where you're calling me? Because I'm just comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm not comfortable. Right? None of y'all can relate to that, right? I'm, for me, anytime I start feeling discomfort in my life, I start questioning God. God, why are you making me go through this? God, why would you take me this direction? 
Because he wants to allow some potential to be birthed in you so that you can see a greater perspective of who God is. Verse 2 and 3 goes on. It says, late one afternoon after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. Keep in mind, this is a king. Okay? We lose sight of this. This king could have access. He had access to anything he wanted. He was the king. He owned the town. And yet he was still dissatisfied. Even though he had everything he could ever want, he was still dissatisfied. You've seen all the stories over the last few weeks of the things that have happened over people taking their lives. And these people are super wealthy. Have everything that all of us would dream of, right? But yet still void of something. And let me tell you, church, you can have everything this world has to offer you and still be miserable. David was the king. He had everything that he could have ever wanted. And he was still unfulfilled because he was unwilling to move out of a season that God had him in. That he was, un- he was saying, God, I know you're calling me to something significant, something better, but I want to stay here. And so many times we can miss out on a greater measure of who God is because we're sitting still, staying in the middle when we should be moving. And he goes on and says, as he looked over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. What's this point is this? Is this a, when you resist what's next, you'll find yourself consuming when you should have been discovering. You'll find yourself trying to consume what's available, what's closest to you, instead of discovering a new aspect of God. And so a lot of times what we do is we get into this middle, we spend our lives trying to consume Something that we've already had instead of discovering a new aspect of who God is. And you wonder why Christians are bored and they become hypocrites and they become apathetic and they become certain things. It's because they've stopped moving. Because they've seen seen the same thing over and over and over and over. And they've gotten bored with the scenery. And until you start moving into a new area, a new scenery, you begin to see new things of who Jesus is. And you say, now that is why I said yes to the cross. That is why I said yes to the blood of Jesus. Because it's his blood that brought me out of this into a new season of my life. And I wonder if we would just wake up and we would start moving and saying, God, I know it's discomfortable, but I'm willing to move. I'm willing to step out of something that's comfortable into something more significant. Look, at the end of the day, it doesn't feel significant. It doesn't feel like it's going to be more significant. But anytime you're in God's will, you're the safest place you could ever be. You could be miserable, but in God's will, and you are in the safest place you'll ever be. I know we don't like to hear that, right? But sometimes God's will is discomfortable, uncomfortable. Man, I'm awesome. I have some awesome Brianisms. Hey, we're writing a uh, dictionary. For Brianisms, they'll be out in 2019. It'll be for 1999. And all, all money will go to missions. <laughs> and back to your regular scheduled program. Right? And so, like, how many of us are trying to consume right now what we should be discovering? Like, it's like, what can I get from God? What can I get from God? And God's saying, when will you go do what you, what you have for me. I mean, that's my temptation. I love to consume. I mean, you look at me next week, I'll have a different pair of shoes on, another different shirt. I like to get stuff. But at the end of the day, if that stops me from moving, 
that's where it becomes dangerous. It's one thing to consume when you're in the season that you should be in. It's another thing when you're consuming, consuming, God is asking you to move. And what happens, what happens is when you don't move, the things that should have never been able to be accessible become accessible because they shouldn't have been there in your season. Right? Everything. We go back to Ecclesiastes. There's a time for everything. And bath, bathing Bathsheba, had he been out moving and fighting in the war, he would have missed her. But because the enemy knew that he was complacent and he was willing to sit still, he brought bathing Bathsheba into, this, into his world and it became something that he could get and obtain when he should have been doing something off out at war. And you wonder, why am I in this stuff? What is going on? Why do I fall prey to this? Because you're not moving. Because you're, you're, you're complacent. You're in this place of I'm constantly consuming and I'm getting instead of moving and giving. Right? We live in our, if you look through our core values, we're all about generosity. That it's way better to give than it is to receive. And in the kingdom, it is our lives. It is our compassion and our desire to give away, not get. Getting, we find out, didn't really give him anything. See, when you choose a life in the middle, you spend it trying to make up for where you're not. So many of us are trying to make up for where we're not. I should have been, I should have been, I should have been, I should have been here, I should have been here, I should have been here. Look, all you got to do is say, God, I'm sorry for where I've been sitting in this middle and not doing anything. God, I'm willing to move. And in a moment, God takes you from where you are to where you could be. We, I think a lot of times we feel like God's got this makeup list. Well, until you check these four boxes and then you do those two things and you jump through the hoops and you do this, then we'll go ahead and let you into your next season. But that's, that's a taskmaster. Jesus is not a taskmaster. Jesus is a loving father who says, look, you've recognized you were out of your season and now, now it's time to step into your new season. See, I think comfort can cause you to mismanage a season. See, comfort can keep you in a season that you should have never been in because it's comfortable. That's what happened to David. David got comfortable in a season that was temporary. Some of us have forgotten that the thing that you're in is temporary. Whether it's good or bad, it's temporary. It's a season. There's a time for this and a time for that. And the most important thing is this, if you're willing to move when Jesus asks you to move. I believe that as David resisted to move, he became comfortable. And what does comfort do is it creates compromise. He began to compromise his kingly duties, his kingly role. He began to compromise in all of these different areas and how many of you know that compromise will always be the first opportunity when you're out, when you're not in the right place? At the end of the day, that'll be the first thing the enemy brings is an opportunity to compromise. Your integrity, your position, your job, your relationships, your, your language, the things that you say, the things that you do. He'll give you the first time that you're willing to say, I'm not going to, I'm comfortable right here. Opportunity of compromise will come right down the road saying, hey. And often it even goes to show you it's pretty. It's, it looks like something you need. looks like something that you want. looks like something that will benefit you. It doesn't say it's a, it was a gangly-looking lady, right? It says that she was really, really attractive. 
And I think we think sin is ugly. No, sin is beautiful. Sin is fun. Sin is good. And I think that when we don't realize that, we find ourselves messing up and compromising because we thought, well, I mean, I thought I'd know it was sin. No, you will not know it's sin. And even if you do, you'll like it. I think we got churches that don't want to talk about that. Anyway. It goes on in verse 9 is where we're going to pick up. So basically this whole situation finds out she's pregnant. And guess what? This girl's married. Hashtag soap opera. (laughs) Real bad situation. Then it goes on and it says, but Uriah, so he calls for her husband to come and have relations with her. But this is a man of integrity, which really messes up David's situation. Because see, Uriah's in his season. He's doing what he's called to do. But David isn't. So David's trying to make up for a mistake and a miss in his own season, and he's making somebody else try to pay for it. See, that's what happens is when you and I when you and I are in a season that we're missing and we're intentionally missing it, we try to get other people to get on the bandwagon with us and compromise and settle for their own season and pause their lives. Right? And so it goes on in verse 9. It says this, but Uriah didn't go home. He slept that night at the palace entrance with the king's palace guard. When David heard that Uriah had not gone home, he summoned him and asked, What's the matter? Why didn't you go home last night after being away so long? Uriah replied, the ark and the armies of Israel and Judah are living in tents. You see what he's put there? The first, the priority, the ark. You know, that's the presence of God. He said, the presence of God is not where it's supposed to be yet. My assignment is not finished. And so I will not stop. And so he goes on and he says, why didn't you go home? And Uriah said, the ark and the armies of Israel and Judah are living in tents. And Joab and my master's men are camping in open fields. How could I go home to wine and dine and sleep with my wife? I swear that I would never do such a thing. I need this dude in our church. (laughs) And he says this, we'll stay here today. David told him, and tomorrow you may return to the army. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem that day and the next. What's my point? My point is this, is that the endurance for the next season is exhausted in the present season when you resist to move. That God has given you and I an energy right now, this capacity to fulfill our assignment tomorrow. He's given it to us, but when we stay here, In the middle, we exert all the energy for that season and this season. And when we do that, then we begin to compromise. We begin to to fall prey to the opportunities and we become exhausted. And then we begin to pull other people down because we're too tired to fulfill the assignment on our lives. See, others become the casualty. In verse 17, it goes on and it says this. Uriah had been sent out. David told Joab to send Uriah to the forefront of the, of the army. And whenever it's the hottest, whenever the, the, whenever the war is the strongest, pull back so that, you, that, so that he dies. And this is what happened. And so in verse 17, it says this. And when the enemy soldiers came out of the city to fight Uriah, the Hittite was killed along with who? Several other Israelite soldiers. 
this is the thing, is that when you and I resist to move into our season, others become casualties that should have never become casualties. Other people pay the price for my assignment. And not only did Uriah die, but anybody who was willing to support and back up Uriah died as well. And I think that is a wake-up call for us to understand that this, the season that God has called us to, that there are people that we have the opportunity to bless and to love on, but at the same time, when we're not willing to move, there's casualties along the way. See, the problems, verse 25, it goes on and it says this. This is David speaking. It's mind-blowing that he says this. But this is what he says. Well, tell Joab not to be discouraged. David said, the sword devours this one today and that one tomorrow. Fight harder next time and conquer the city. David has the gall to tell a man to fight harder when it was never his fight. It was David's fight the whole time. And so many times we begin to, we begin to look at other things and we say, you should have just fought harder. No, sir, that was never their fight. And we begin to project our assignment on other people's lives when we are unwilling to step out of our middle into the next season of our lives. See, I think we don't look at this thing and it's like, man, I mean, purpose isn't really a big deal. Church, listen to me. Purpose is all we have. Purpose is all you and I have. That's all we have to offer this world is what God has called us to do in loving them and getting them to the cross. But what happens is when we're willing to stay in the middle, we begin to project our issues onto them. Pastor, you should have preached a different word. Pastor, you should have... You know what I'm talking about. They just didn't disciple me good enough. And they just didn't do this. And that church and that, that and those people. And you projecting. You're projecting. You're projecting. Stop projecting and start accepting the assignment God has for your life. And in that, that is what will fulfill you. That is, what fulfill, that, that is what will sustain you. That is what will fulfill you. It is not you looking at somebody else saying, I wish I had what they had. Church, I want you to know you don't want what they have. You want what God has for you. It is so easy for me to look at other people and say, man, I want to be like that. I want to be that kind of a leader. I want to be that kind of preacher. I want to be that kind of person. You don't want that. You can't handle it. You want to be exactly who God's called you to be. Are you okay with being you? Are you okay with saying, you know what? This is uncomfortable. This is painful. This is hard to step out of this comfort zone into this unknown thing. God, this is a new church. I've been hurt. I'm not real sure. God, I've stepped into that relationship and it feels a little bit like that last relationship that I got hurt in. God, are you going you gonna to protect me? This is uncomfortable. God's calling you out. He's saying, come on, trust. Be willing to take the steps. God, I gave you a chance in that one time, and I didn't get everything that I thought I was going to get. And Do you really love me? Are you willing to step out? You go through all of these scenarios, and you see the story, and you say, God, how, 
how can you turn this around? And this is how God turned it around. And somebody of you are looking at your life in this morning and you're saying, man, I'm in the middle. This is, I'm David. But I want you to know that if you're David, you see yourself this morning as this person sitting in the middle, refusing to move. There's a scripture in Psalms 51 and it says, create in me, God, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me, God. This was his cry. After he realized what he did, this was his cry. And I want you to know this morning that all it takes is you beginning to cry out to God, saying, God, create in me a clean heart. Put a right spirit in me, God. Do not take away the Holy Spirit from me. This is the crazy thing. Is that that scripture that I just read in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes was written by his son. Solomon, who came from Bathsheba. That he made his way into the word of God. So many of you have discounted yourself. You've said, I've sat in the middle too long. I've messed up too much. There's There's nothing that God can do through me. But I want you to know this morning, I stand here this morning to let you know that Solomon came out of a mess. That Solomon came out of adultery, he came out of murder, he came out of all of these things, and Solomon rose enough to write the scriptures to be a part of the Bible. I wonder what's inside of you. I wonder what God has and what he wants to write through you. I wonder what what missionary that you're going to support and what, what organization you may create and what dream may be birthed through you. When you've been discounting yourself and you've said, I've sat too long in the middle. God, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to benefit the kingdom. Here comes a Solomon into the scene. Takes over his dad's kings, this this, this palace. And reigns and rules. And you find him in the Bible. There's a season for everything. I wonder if that's what his dad told him. As he began to have the Holy Spirit renew his heart and begin to renew him and begin to, to re-change the mindset of what he thought he had gone too far into. If you would stand with me this morning. Look, maybe you're in the middle. Maybe you're not in the middle. But wherever you are, It's just a season. And I just want to encourage you this morning. To lean into God. To lean into God. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out. Just lean into. In to God. Psalms 51. Read that this week. God created me a clean heart. In fact this morning. I'm going to go ahead and read it over you this morning. If that's you and you say man. I have been living in the middle. I've been so comfortable. And I've gotten caught up with just living in the middle. Going through the motions of Christianity. Just going through the motions. Staying comfortable. 
If that's you, if you would, just raise your hand real quick. Come on, I need some honest people in this church. Thank you. I want to read this scripture to you, and I want this to be your prayer this morning. If you would, just pray this with me this morning. For those of you who raised your hand, I'm going to read it slow. Have mercy on me, O God. Because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You have proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. Now I want you to proclaim this. Don't look, don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Jesus, we pray that to you this morning. God, we pray that you would hear it from a humble heart. God, from a a heart, God, that wants to know you, that wants to live for you, that wants to serve you. God, that wants to be in your perfect will. Lord, you know every situation in this place this morning. You know every circumstance. God, you know the the struggles that we're facing, God. You know the temptations that we're walking in. You know the things. But God, I thank you that out of what was meant to destroy David, God, God, you turned around and made something so amazing through it. And God, I lift up this church, God. And Lord, I lift up the things that the enemy has tried to turn into bad. And God, I thank you right now that even as they hear their word, this word, God, that, that you are turning what was meant to take them out. And God, you're turning it into good for them. Come on, just say, I receive that. In Jesus' name, we love you. We love you. This morning, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we want to give you an opportunity this morning. To make your life right with God. Maybe you've prayed the prayer. But you've never really gotten serious with Jesus. You've never really committed your life to him. And you want to do that for the first time this morning. If you would just slip your hand up real quick. And you can set it right back down. I just want to pray a prayer over you this morning. Say I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to recommit my life to him. Anybody in this place this morning, just slip your hand up and we can pray for you. If you would just pray this prayer, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus died for my sin. That he rose again on the third day. So I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you, Jesus, to reveal the destiny and the purpose you have for my life. In Jesus' name, amen.